We're really grateful to have Joe as part of our church. Um, he is a young man with a zeal for Jesus and uh, knows how to put things just right. So we just really want to welcome you, Joe. I'm going to pray for you first, if you don't mind. Yeah, Father, I just want to thank you for my brother, Joe. Um, I pray that today as he brings the word, Lord, that he would bring your words. Father, that Holy Spirit, that you would be with him and, and that everything that we hear would become coming directly from the Father and that your words would touch hearts and change lives exactly as they're meant to do. Um, so we just pray that you'd empower him today, give him peace in his spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, I'm just going to read a couple of verses uh, before we get into it. First one from... I say Matthew 1 verse 18 it says now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit and her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame resolved to divorce her quietly but as he considered these things behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not till she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. And then the next reading is from Luke 2, verse 47. Mary is singing a song to her cousin Elizabeth, because Elizabeth, as we heard earlier from Audrey, uh, was giving birth to John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, and Mary went to visit Elizabeth, and she broke out in a song. She was filled with so much joy. And in verse 47 of Luke chapter 2, she says, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. So, when you, you know when people say, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news, and it's kind of like, which one do you go through? Which one do you want to hear first? The good news or the bad news? What do you usually say? The bad news, because then you can be really happy with the good news after hearing the bad news. And that's what we're going to do here. We're going to start off with some bad news. Um, but we're going to get to good news, because this preach is entitled Joy to the World. And if we finish from the bad news, there'll be no joy to the world. Um, so we're going to start with the bad news, but we're going to get to the good. Because in order to understand the joy that we have in the Christmas story and in the gospel of Jesus, we need to understand the bad news first. We need to understand where we are, because then we can fully understand the joy that we can have in the fact that the Savior came to bring us out of the bad news that, that is this world that we live in right now and into the good. So it is true to say that we are in spiritual distress we are fallen and we are broken. God made people. He wanted a relationship with people. He, he wanted a people to love as his own. He wanted to be able to enjoy relationship with a people. So he made people. He made Adam and Eve right in the beginning. 
And he said, you can eat of any tree of the garden, you just don't eat of, eat, eat of that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But they did. They disobeyed God. They were deceived by the serpent, the enemy, the devil. And they ate of a tree, and that was disobedience against what God had commanded them to do. And that disobedience against God is, is what we call sin. And sin is something that separates us and God. On the one side, we have God. On the other side, we have us, and there's sin. Sin comes in between. It separates us and God. Because God is perfect and good and holy and righteous, full of love. And he can't be such a perfect and holy God, can't be in relationship with a fallen and broken people. Some of you, this might strike a chord for some of you, because, because of the fall, because of the sin um, that came into the world, that has put us all into this broken world. When we look around us, we see brokenness. Some of you might have experienced these things, like depression and anxiety, conflict, stress, emotional hardship, search for fulfillment, lack of purpose, no hope, lack of meaning, addiction, feeling of imprisonment, fears, fear of death, uncertainty, confusion. All of us will have experienced that sometime in our life, and it's all as a result of the sin that came into the world through Adam and Eve and put us where we are now. And we all look for ways to fulfill ourselves. We all look for ways to get out of this brokenness, to actually say, right, I'm satisfied. How many of us have ever thought to ourselves, if I just have everything will be okay. Anybody done that before? If I just have this relationship with this person, it will all be okay. If I just get this car, if I just get this present for Christmas, everything will be okay. But actually, we get those things and then we realize it really hasn't done much. It might have given us this temporary feeling of joy, of fulfillment, of feeling like everything's okay now. But then after a few weeks, you get bored of someone, you forget about the present that you got, the car breaks down. That's the story of my life. But the only way we can really try to find true satisfaction and joy is through a relationship with God. But like I said, we're, we're fallen, we're broken. So how is that going to happen? Because you know what? God made us, he created us, and we rebelled against him. We turned against him, and he would have been completely right and just to actually say, you know what? They've turned against me. I'm just... I'm done with it. There would have been nothing wrong with God making that decision. But out of his great, great love for us, he said, you know what, I'm not going to leave them. I'm not going to reject them. I'm not going to forsake them. But God came up with a solution, and that solution was redemption. Jesus decided, God, God decided, I'm going to send Jesus, my son, Emmanuel, God himself, into the world. And through him, he's going to redeem the people who were lost, who were broken. Like we heard from that reading, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, God the Son, God who had been sinned against, who had been offended by a sin, coming into the world to die for the ones who had offended him, the sinners. And this is all in Isaiah 9, where it says, Unto us a child is given and a son is born, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. All of these things, a child will be born into the world and he will bring redemption for God's people. And so we get to Mary. Angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says, you're going to have a son, but Holy Spirit is going to come, in, come, come inside of you 
and going to conceive a child in your room and you'll call him Jesus and he will be the one who takes away the sins of the earth. And so Mary was obedient to everything that the angel told her and Jesus was born. And in, I think, I think it's Joy to the World, it might be Hark the Herald, but it says about how God left the throne to wake as a child. This, this wasn't just anybody, this was God. God who was on the throne, a God powerful above all else. King of kings, Lord of lords, sitting on the, the highest throne, ruling over everything, king of the entire universe. And he came and he humbled himself to such a point in this fallen world to wake as a baby, helpless, needy, reliant completely um, on his parents. God did this for us. And this was all what had been prophesied about. And a, a, a prophecy is where something is spoken beforehand and then it comes to fulfillment and then it happens in the future. And this is, this is stuff all the way from where Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, thousands of years before he was born, to the way of his death. In Isaiah 53 it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. And upon him was the punishment that brought us peace. Jesus was pierced. His, his death was told, foretold to us what was going to happen thousands of years beforehand. And it, and it was, it happened. Because Jesus' life, the life that he came into the world, was actually to die. Jesus' whole life was in fact to die. Jesus grew up. He was baptized. He healed many. He fed many. He Preach good news to the poor, liberty to those who are imprisoned spiritually. As I'm saying, we're, those in, who aren't in Christ Jesus are also in spiritual debt, but also imprisoned in spiritual distress because of the fall, because of the sin of Adam and Eve. But he came and he, he preached that there would be good news, that the kingdom of God was coming, and so the time's coming to repent, to turn away from sin, and there's an opportunity to turn towards Jesus, to turn towards God and follow him. And so he died. He died on a cross. God himself, who had come into the fallen world, died. He was pierced. Not that he deserved to die, but it was for our transgressions. It was for our inequity, our sin, the things that we've done wrong, the things where we've messed up. Jesus came into the world, the one who completely deserved nothing and who was completely perfect, dying for the ones who completely deserved nothing and were completely imperfect. We see the one who was righteous, who was holy, God himself, in the place of where we should have been, the death that we should have had to pay, he paid for us on the cross. And so because he took our place on the cross, it meant that what he had, because he was righteous, he was good, he was perfect, his righteousness could then be accredited to us, us who were fallen and sinful, we, through Jesus, could be saved Mary says, I rejoice in God, my Savior. Mary, it, says, it tells us in the Bible that she was a, a good woman. God had deemed her worthy to bear the king of the universe into the world. But yet she, even she recognized that actually I'm in need of a Savior. And that the child that is going to be born through me is God himself coming to save me. He has seen me. He has seen what I need to be saved from. And he's coming into the world to do it. And so through the cross, it meant that we could be forgiven. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says that through the blood of Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, 
for forgiveness of sins in, according, in accordance to the riches of his glorious grace. That through that grace, through his blood on the cross, we could receive the forgiveness for our sin. He took our place and it meant that through that, that barrier of sin, because we can now be forgiven through the sacrifice of Jesus, that barrier of sin was taken away and we could come back into a relationship with God. That which was once separating us and God was taken away by the cross. It says that Jesus actually became sin so that we could enter back into the relationship that we had in the garden in the beginning. He gave us access again to God. And this isn't just, you know, who remembers what they got for Christmas eight years ago? Because if you do, I'm, I'm going to be very impressed. I certainly don't. There might be like a really big standout present. Like, I rem- actually, I remember, I got for Christmas one year a cat, and her name was Belle, and she was genuinely lovely. She died a few weeks ago, and it's actually really sad. But we've got two new kittens, and so that makes up for it. It doesn't, because I really miss Belle, but I'm not going to get into it. Um, None of us remember these things. We, we sure were probably very excited when we first got them. But then soon they were forgotten. We had great joy when we received something or somebody says something really nice to us. But then soon after, that joy kind of we just completely forget about. We have hope. We look onto something and say, yep, I have hope um, because this could happen. But slowly we lose hope. But with the gospel, with the cross, it is the complete flip other way around. And actually, each day we live, each breath we take, the joy becomes more and more so for us. We have more and more hope in the fact that one day, through what Jesus did for us, we're going to go and be with God. We don't have to look to a day where we're going to have to face death anymore. But through Jesus, through believing in him and turning away from sin and saying, God, I want to follow you we can look to a day where we're going to be with him forever. Where it says in the Bible, in Revelation 22, that every tear is going to be wiped from our eye. And there won't be any need for a light or a temple because the glory of God will be our temple. And we're going to be his people and be with him and dwell with him forever. I know this. This isn't just stuff I've, I've read. It is. I've read it in the Bible and I see it, but... It is, it is the story of my life and many other people's lives. There was once a time where we were in darkness, but now we've been brought into the light. There was a time where we were just experiencing all of those things that were on that list that I read out of spiritual distress, that anxiety, the, the feeling of no hope, the lack of purpose and meaning, all of these things. I, I've experienced that where it's like, well, what's the point in all of this? What's the point in this life? Actually, when Jesus broke through into my life and showed me the love that he had for me, so much so that even though I was sinning against him, it was him who came and died for me on the cross. That said, okay, yeah, you do have a purpose. There is hope for the future because it's not just going to, just death and that's it, but there's new life. There's even actually a better life with God. And we can take such joy in that. That's the joy that Mary has. When she's rejoicing, when she's singing to her cousin Elizabeth, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. It's because she's saying, I've come to be saved. I am in need of rescue. And Jesus, the one who I'm about to give birth to, is going to grow up and be that person who saves me. That because he faced death, because he actually died, through him I can have life. 
I who don't deserve it whatsoever can receive life. And Jesus has done that in my life and many others. In, um, a lot of you will have heard of the song Amazing Grace. And the song there that was written by a guy called John Newton, he was once upon a time, I think it was in the, 19, uh, no, the 1700s, he was a slave trader. He was an awful guy who had done really, really awful things. But God redeemed him, even him. So some of you might be thinking, no, how could God possibly redeem the stuff that I've done in my life? But he actually, he knew the grace of God. He met with God. God saved him. And he said, you know what, I'm going to commit my life to Christ. And he wrote one of the most incredible songs that's ever been written. Where He says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That is the story of all of us. We were once lost and blind. But when we choose Jesus and to live for him, the one who was born into the world, to be our joy to the world, we're found and we can see. We are brought into the light. So I'm going to conclude it there. But there's going to be an opportunity, um, whether you want to chat to somebody after, whether you want to pray in your heart now as I pray. Um, but actually, yeah, I, I do. I want to choose Jesus. I want to choose to live for him. I want to come out of darkness and into the light that he's given us. You can do that. Come talk to myself or one of the other people who you've seen leading today. Um, or if you have any questions, come and ask. Um, but I'm just going to pray and then hand it back over to Audrey. Lord, thank you so much that your whole life your whole life, Jesus, where you left your throne to wake as a baby in a cradle, your whole life was actually to die. Lord, it seems cruel, but you offered yourself up as a sacrifice. You said, I want to go, because despite the fact that they've gone against me, I still love them. I still want them as my people. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to sacrifice myself for them. Thank you for that is true. That out of your amazing, amazing love and grace for us, Lord. We who are imperfect and who deserve eternal punishment can actually receive love, forgiveness, hope, faith in you, Lord. I just want to pray for anyone here today who, who that struck a chord with, Lord, I pray that you would give us faith. I pray that you'd help people to, to know you. And the whole point of this is that we can know you. That relationship that was broken in the beginning, in the garden, can be restored through the cross out of your love for us. I pray that there would be new relationships with you today, Lord. That you would bring people out of the distress of, of death, Lord, and into the, the goodness of life with you. Whilst we still live in this fallen world around us, except walking with you, God, looking to a day where we're going to be with you forever. I pray and thanks for you, Lord. Thanks for this season where we can celebrate this. In the name of Jesus, amen.